approaches. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship, it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, what is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Fantasy Coaches. I am your host, as always, Coach Steve, guys. What a insane week one we just had here. Lots of up and downs, lots of amazing but heartbreaks all around. Oh, man, what a week one it was. But uh, we're back, guys, after a long weekend, obviously. We're here to talk about some waiver wire pickups. We're going to talk about the weekend. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun today. Uh, no Coach Jibs today. I'm not really sure what Coach Jibs is. He's in MIA today, but I'm sure he's fine. Uh, but of course, we have Coach John on the show. John, what's going on, brother? Nothing much. Another beautiful Monday. This is a Monday unlike any other that we've had in a while. We now have legitimate NFL scores to break down, players to pick up, waiver acquisitions to try and target. So um, the grind of the fantasy season begins and so here we are one weekend and we're already dealing with injuries yes we are and we will talk about that in a second like i said we have news to talk about there's injuries in the news obviously uh we're going to talk about some maybe just overall something that we looked at from the weekend something we were like whoa or whatever and then we're going to get into position by position waiver wire breakdowns quarterback running back wide receiver and tight ends uh for the week here so we're going to start with the news as always and, of course, the biggest news of the weekend was J.K. Dobbins, Ravens running back, torn Achilles, out for the season once again. Very, very shame. This man has barely played two full seasons overall his five, four-year career now. But it is official. He is out for the year. Melvin Gordon gets called up from the practice squad. Uh, now we're left with the, 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 the items, so the names of Gus Edwards and James, uh, Justice Hill and obviously Marvin uh, Melvin Gordon now. So... Uh, John, I'm sure we're going to talk about these running backs in a second, but you know how devastating is not having J.K. Dobbins uh, for you? Um, totally stinks because I was one of the ones who was definitely scooping up J.K. Dobbins as some draft value. Um, you know, obviously you never want to see an injury happen um, necessarily in the season, but it's a risk that comes with every player. It just sucks because poor J.K., like you said, just can't ever seem to get a full season under his belt. So. Torn Achilles, the problem is now if we're talking about J.K. Dobbins in a vacuum in like a dynasty format, it's going to be a really uphill battle for J.K. Dobbins at this point to get back to being a full workhorse, being a legitimate player. Um, You know, Achilles is a death sentence for running backs or it was five, six years ago. We've seen some players come back from it, but it's not great. Um, It's sad to see. Totally sucks. Um, But yeah, it's we'll talk about what we're going to do with the Ravens backfield going forward. Absolutely. Yes, we will. Uh, a couple of the news things that we're still waiting to hear about if they're going to really impact us. Uh, Tyler Lockett, possible concussion uh, from this weekend here. It's, it's unknown if whether or not he's going to miss any time. Deontay Johnson has a pretty serious or moderate serious hamstring injury here that he left the game. Uh, say anything in the middle of the second quarter, uh, the Pittsburgh 49ers game, he could miss some time. Uh, but again, we there are some players we might talk about for if his replacement, if that were to come about. 
Uh, Jacoby Myers, uh, he got a pretty serious hit on him. He is in the concussion protocol. It's unknown if he is going to be ready for week a uh, week two, but I mean, he was a big breakout for week one. Uh, huge. Obviously, huge, huge. And obviously, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey did not play in week one. We're hoping that they're back in week two, obviously. Cooper Cup is on the IR, out four games now, because we didn't get official word on that on Thursday when we were talking about him. Again, there will be some replacements that we will talk about in just a few here on Cooper Cup. And then just keep your eyes out. Anthony Richardson, bruised. He got a knee, his knee a little banged up at the end of the game last week. Aaron Jones pulled his hammy. Pat Barbuth had a something to do with his chest uh, injury in the game there. So there's some things to just keep in mind. Again, we are in injury season now, guys. Players are going to get hurt, so we have to make adjustments for them. So let's talk about week one real quick. Uh, John, what was the biggest thing from week one or something that really stood out for you that you want to bring up for week one? Well, I'll do two, one specific one and then one kind of overarching theme that I noticed. Um, one thing that I was a big takeaway for me is the 49ers and Brock Purdy are legit. Like they're just so good. They're so good. It's so annoying uh, that, you know, Shanahan can just plug anybody at back there and score 40 points. It's, you know, they have so many weapons. It's just the 49ers are legit. And there was questions of Brock Purdy, if he's going to come back after this injury and be, you know, come crashing back to earth and, the answer is no. He he has Kyle Shanahan and some of the best weapons in the NFL, so they're going to continue to look really, really good. So 49ers were a great one for me. I liked seeing their, uh, a ton of success out of there. And then the other overarching takeaway I want to say, and this was just a kind of a bigger conversation that I've noticed over the past few years, as we take workload off of these players in the preseason and as we do less preseason games and starters don't play nearly as much, week one and week two, it's a lot of sloppy football. It's a lot of sloppy football. Like it just, a lot of the games timing was off routes. Didn't look crisp. Uh, you getting lazy penalties. It was like, so, you know, I, I just think we have to, as fantasy managers, you know, it's something I've noticed over the past couple of years of playing fantasy. We have to take that into consideration when it's, we're looking at week one and week two performances is a lot of these guys don't really get a full preseason like they used to anymore. So we might need to be, um, you know, a little bit more uh, patient in, in week one and week two with some of our breakout players and some of these guys that we had high hopes on. I like it. I like it. Uh, let's see. Therapy needs 18.75 combined oh, points yeah. from Diggs and Garrett Wilson. I You should be pretty good. Hopefully it's PPR or some half point at least. You, sh- you should be pretty good. Yeah, that uh, feels that feels fine. good. That feels ten and, good. Ten and nine points from both these guys, it seems pretty legit from happening. So, yeah, yeah my biggest takeaway from the weekend uh, is obviously don't overreact. Uh, everyone likes to re-overreact. The players <laughs> going nuts uh, and like, oh my gosh, stars are performing. You know, some breakout players just come out of nowhere. We have it every year, guys. You know, some players come out of nowhere and just put up points that you would never expect that to happen. And vice versa, star players just don't look good. Things look terrible there. Um, you know, a big situation is the Bengals. You know, I, it definitely was a concern to see them play as poor as they did. Uh, but again, they didn't have that. Like, John, you mentioned, they didn't have that preseason to really practice and really get that tempo together, even though they've been playing for a while together. You know, Joe Burrow didn't look himself yet. It might take a game or two for him to really start getting back up. Again, he had that injury here. But definitely, definitely was a major scare for a lot of fantasy owners. Uh, I think maybe Drake London could be a, a major issue overall. 
uh, him having almost having zero targets in a game where the Falcons actually won, showing that they don't really need Drake London to help perform to actually help them win games. Uh, you know, I've, I'm more concerned about him than I'm concerned about, uh, you know, like a guy like T Higgins with zero points, but he had eight targets. Uh, so again, don't overreact to things, you know, at this point, if you're looking to cut people, you're cutting people that you took late in your draft that you were like, let me take a shot on. And if they didn't pan out, okay, kind of cutting those guys at this point, because it's say, you know, I'm trying to think of a name that really was someone that we were drafting really late. Uh, like one of the Giants receivers, like, yeah, they didn't have the greatest game. Things just got out of whack there. But if, you know, none of them really shined in a very hard position to shine, you could probably drop them and look to get one of these waiver wire pickups here. But, you know, don't like the guys you drafted in round 10 to 12, those like upside plays, don't get rid of them yet. Give them a few more weeks before you go. The rookies, if you drafted a rookie, Hold on, oh, absolutely. Hold on yeah. Because we've yeah. seen it year after year, right, John? Like Justin Jefferson, do not drop him. <laughs> Boom, he goes out and has one of the best rookie seasons of all time after week four. Yeah, he didn't have a target in this first week. Yeah. Justin Jefferson, I don't even think he had a lot of snaps his first week in the league. And then by week two, I think he had a couple targets. And then week three on, it was just forget it. He's Justin Jefferson. Exactly. So, yeah, it takes a second for some of these guys. You know, it just takes it takes a right. second. But that's why we're here now. We hoped you hopefully helped you guys win uh, win your week one. And now we're here to start with helping you win week two. And the very important thing are waiver wire pickups. Mm-hmm. Where the players that you can pick up to help your team out if you're looking for some death pieces or potential starter. Uh, so we're going to go quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. We're going to give you guys our top two or top five from each position. And at the very end, we'll give you guys an overall top five overall to pick up for week one, for week two. All right, so we'll start from the top here at quarterbacks. Again, no coach chips today. I didn't realize it before I made the slide. So it's uh, just me and Coach John here. Uh, obviously, the percentages are based on the ownership availability. Some of them are in terms of fantasy pros. Some of them are terms of sleeper. Um, so, John, I'll let you go first with your two players there. You, I see you have Clayton Tune and, and Baker Mayfield. So, Yeah. Um, Baker Mayfield was one. I'll start with him. He was one for me that I was kind of getting interested in towards the end of the draft season as it was, as we were, and we talked about it a couple episodes ago about some late target super flex guys and Baker Mayfield to me in camp, you know, press was coming out good. Evans was healthy. Godwin was healthy You know, all the pieces kind of set up there to, for Baker to look good. And he did, he came out, played well, looked impressive Baker, the problem is I think the stink of Baker is worse than he actually is. People are tired of like his theatrics and all that about him. But at the end of the day, Baker can still distribute the ball. And if he's going to have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Kate Otten, you know, Sean Tucker looked good out of the backfield. I mean, I mean, there's enough complimentary pieces around him that he could be a serviceable low-end quarterback too going forward as far as I'm concerned with a couple spike weeks, you know, Evans takes a bomb to the house. Godwin takes a slant to the house, you know? So I, I think Baker Mayfield now after this week, all I needed to see was one week and I'm totally comfortable kind of riding him rest of the season as a quarterback too. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And no, I like that a lot there. Cause obviously, as you see, I have Baker in my too. So I, I do. Mm-hmm. And then Clayton tune. This is another one. I didn't know kind of how, how I wanted to play this, but I, I think, at this point, I, when you're picking up quarterbacks off waiver wire, I'm assuming you're probably in a super flex or a two quarterback format. If you're in a one quarterback, you probably have better options than this. But if you are in a two quarterback format, go do a zero dollar fab bid on Clayton Tune. 
there is not a very long leash for Josh Dobbs. He looked terrible. They brought him in two weeks before the season opener. I don't know what's going on in Arizona, but I think at some point they have to look to the future and say, okay, well, maybe let's just see what's going on with this rookie, I guess. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't 100% know what's going on in Arizona, but I can make the assumption that if Josh Dobbs goes out and has another three, four turnover game, zero touchdowns, like 100 yards, like, they're just going to pull the plug on that quick. So I would stash Clayton tune with just the chance that maybe he gets the start and is not terrible. But again, this is deeper two quarterback super flex formats. Um, if you're in single format quarterback format, don't even look at Clayton tune. Don't even, don't even bother. Yeah. And uh, it's hard with the, with in terms of free agencies with like super flex league, because nine times out of 10, you know, none of these guys are going to be there obviously, but a clean tune might be there. Uh, it's really hard to find waiver wire quarterbacks in Superflex League. So uh, definitely one that could be eventually be a starter for us at some point if Kyle Murray is not back. But uh, for those one QBers, obviously Jordan Love for me is probably my biggest pickup in terms of any of these quarterbacks. You know, I wanted to see it on the field before I could believe it. And he looked good. Uh, there was definitely some things he could work on to get a little bit better. The fact that he didn't have his top wide receiver definitely showed me some some uh, interest in him, obviously, you know, and obviously he's not going to be available for everyone, but there's a good chance that he's available in your league. And if you're, you know, looking for a quarterback or maybe you only drafted like a Geno Smith type or something like that, or Daniel Jones type, and you want to have a insurance plan, Jordan Love should definitely be on your roster at this point there because he's got a pretty easy schedule. He's got Chicago, uh, he's got Atlanta this week. Uh, again, not the greatest uh, defense in terms of the passing. Uh, so definitely something that Jordan Love should be picked up. Like you, John, Baker Mayfield, uh, like I said, I like the weapons. The weapons were there for him to perform, but it was depending on can he perform with those weapons. And he did enough. It wasn't great. Um, but, again, if you're streaming quarterbacks and you're looking for matchups, they're playing the Bears. Uh, Jordan Love just destroyed the Bears. <laughs> so, you know, giving Baker Mayfield a chance with better weapons than Jordan Love has. Uh, yeah, I, I like that if you're streaming quarterbacks this week. Uh, other options, obviously, you know, Derek Carr, he didn't look pretty, but he threw up 300 yards and a couple touchdowns. Ryan Tannehill had a terrible week, but they played the Chargers this week, too. Just threw almost 500 yards on them. You know, got to give him a chance on that. The rebound, Mac Jones did very good against the Eagles defense. Now they're playing a Dolphins team that allowed, you know, this Chargers to go nuts on them. So I don't like them options at the end there, but if you're streaming quarterbacks and you're looking for a chance and upside play, well, maybe one of those guys can end up having a game. So... Again, quarterbacks this week, not so great, but uh, overall, uh, yeah, we're not really worried about quarterbacks. But if you're looking for one, there, there's definitely some options out there. So I would like to say before we move on, too, I think Jordan Love going forward, even in single quarterback format, has a lot of value and upside. Um, yeah. What he showed us without Christian Watson, you know, I was – I was pumping him up in the sleeper show on Thursday, and I was I kind of got hesitant because Watson was out. But I think – Jordan Love being in the Packers organization for the past four years, to me, says enough that they know he's going to be good. And so I think he's just going to be good. I, I just really do. Um, they're obviously Green Bay's good at developing and drafting quarterbacks. They went from Brett Favre to, you know, Aaron Rodgers. And so right. I really do believe I'm starting to really, really believe in Jordan. I kind of believed in him. I really believe in Jordan Love now. That's how you develop a quarterback. That's how the right way you probably should develop. A <laughs> I mean, listen, yeah. Let him sit for a few years, learn the system, and then throw him out there. So you don't get as long with him, but 
Right. Uh, you know, you get a good quarterback compared to what we've been seeing the last few years on some of these guys. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Over to the running backs, this is probably obviously really juicy because we all need running backs. Who doesn't need a good running back here? So, oh God. Uh, John, if you want to go through yours, I know I think we have basically the same top four besides our yeah. fifth one. Uh, yep. So if you want to start with Karen Williams, then I'll kind of go back and forth with you. So, yeah. Um, so Karen Williams, um, again, this is another one. This is this was the little bit of fear that I think everyone's sort of washed away when talking about Cam Akers this offseason is that, oh, he's back. He's the workhorse. The whole relationship with the them has been patched. And it's like, yeah, maybe. Like, yeah, I mean, I bought in. I believed it. And then come week one, we're seeing other backs get involved. We're seeing other backs get, you know, targets in the red zone, all these different things. And so I think that the idea that Cam Akers is just going to be this locked and loaded, you know, 80% you know snap count back is kind of up in air and so i will take the gamble that kyron williams carves out a little bit of role and you know without cooper cup and yeah exactly yeah (laughs) but without cooper cup and and all things going forward and and rest of season that kyron williams will have um a share of this backfield and again i don't think the rams are going to be the most prolific offense in the world but sean McVay is one of the smarter minds and so he can he can optimize um, even a bad offense. So I'll I'll take the chance, Kyron Williams. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, I like that. Yeah, he was my he's my number one pickup in terms of running backs this week. Uh, you know, sixty five thirty five split in terms of uh, snap count uh, with him and Cam Akers. He you know he led the goal line work. He led the third down work. He even led the the early down work. Like we thought, <laughs> all right, yeah, he's gonna have the passing down work. That was pretty self explanatory. But like uh, Cam Akers taking early downs. No. Karen Williams had the early downs too. He beat him in the early down work. So it was just like, okay, that's interesting. Now, again, they need weapons on this team here. It just continues to show us that Cam Akers, they don't want to continuously trust him with the ball in their, in his hands here. Uh, Williams was a guy I did like, I don't know if he has three, uh, the ability to actually perform on a third three down back is definitely going to be somewhat of a slip, but it, it might favor William favor Williams uh, moving forward here. Again, I don't know how much you're spending in terms of fab, John, but I think I'd probably go as high as like 35, 40%, honestly, because you never know what's going to happen here. And if he ends up continuing to be the main guy here, I, I think 30%, 35% is, is a safe is a safe bet. Yeah, I'm, I am in that camp where in the first couple weeks, I'm okay overbidding on someone because you're going to get them for the whole season versus week eight. Like what, what's the point of hanging on to all your budget and blowing it in week 10? It's like you get a guy for four weeks, whereas I'd rather blow budget now and hopefully get a guy for the whole season. So if I'm going to overpay, it's usually in week one or week two, and I'm okay with 30%, you know, 30% of my budget on Kyron Williams or uh, the next guy we're going to talk about, Gus Edwards. I'm, I'm okay with that level of, because you're probably going to get a, low-end RB2 with some upside for the rest of the year. And and that's pretty helpful. That's really, it's really helpful actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I want him to see more targets that will really make me trust him. And probably more like 25, honestly, if I'm going to the number, it's really like 25, but I still believe that there's a good chance for him to carve out the RB1. If you want to go higher, if you're looking for that R, that RB to maybe flex every week, he, he might end up being that guy. Uh, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I didn't, you didn't give me an order, but who's your second I know, I apologize. He your first guy. I don't know. Was he your first? Yeah. Kyron Williams was actually my first. You have it in pretty much the order I would put it in. So, All right, so go through Gus Edwards. So thank you. Go, yeah. This go is, through this is actually exactly the order. Two, so 
Yeah, so Gus is my number two. I liked Gus Edwards again in the whole draft process because I did think that you know, he's a good running back. He is very efficient, even though he's not flashy. Um, and I do think that the Baltimore Ravens like him. And, you know, I didn't expect J.K. Dobbins to go down with a terrible injury week one. But, you know, there was always the risk that he was going to go down and Gus was going to get, you know, obviously the lion's share of the work there. So the fear is obviously you have – Lamar Jackson is going to vulture touchdowns from you. But if you're going to give Gus Edwards 15 to 18 touches a game in a Baltimore Ravens offense that I think is only going to get better with time, um, I'm okay with that. And so I think that that's kind of where you're locked in with Gus Edwards. It's not going to be these crazy explosive runs. It's not going to be these huge plays, but it's going to be solid, consistent volume week in week out with touchdown upside, Um, you know, think of like a David Montgomery kind of in that ballpark. Um, So I'm okay again with Gus Edwards rest of season. If you, if you are struggling at running back, if your guys didn't really, uh, you know, if you're dealing with the Alvin Kamara suspension or whatever, right. And and you need someone to just plug in and get your points for a few weeks until guys come back from injury or whatever else. I think Gus Edwards is going to be great. I, I really do. I don't think we'll talk about justice Hill when we get there. I think justice Hill is, a more explosive player. So maybe the fantasy points will go there, but the volume will go to Gus Edwards. He's just going to get, it's not going to become the justice Hill show in mm-hmm. my opinion. We'll have to wait and see, but yeah, I mean, I have him as my third guy, obviously uh, his upside to me is capped. Uh, you know, he's got 18 career receptions on, on his four years in the NFL. This is year five for him. Uh, he's not a passing downs back. He, he mm-hmm. just hasn't been that guy ever in his career. Uh, he's a t- two down back that will have some upside again. He got on the bad end of a stick of the goal line this week. We'll see if that changes moving forward. Justin Hill had two goal line carries uh, compared to Gus Edwards, just one. So, you know, we'll see what that happens. But he should be the main back coming out of the gate here. He should, like you said, 10 to 12 touches on the ground pretty easily. And, again, hopefully this offense improves and where allows Gus Edwards to see some pretty open holes uh, on the ground here. But, again, uh, again, 20% fab, you know, on him, 25 yeah, 2025 for me in terms of him, I'm not overspending on Gus Edwards because I think there's limits to his ability. Like carry on Williams. Like I, he's my top guy overall, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, actually, you know what? Uh, we had a question from uh, Albert in the chat here, and I didn't mention this prior to starting this and that's my fault here. Uh, but Albert asked, uh, do you guys like Kenny Gainwell ahead of all those guys? Now I know he was one of your guys, uh, John, uh, but he did fall. Most of his, uh, Ownership did fall over the 40% mark. And we're talking about under 40% mark. And I do have the higher percentage. Oh, we're going a little bit mm-hmm. farther. Uh, Jalen Warren, Kenny Gainwell, and Tank Bigsby, yeah. all in that like 45 to 60% range. All should be probably picked up over. I'm picking them still up over all those guys there, especially Kenny Gainwell. Uh, I yeah. know if you want to kind of go through that motion there, John. Yeah, I agree 100%. I was... Um... You know, I was very, I was very high on, again, I was very high on Ken Gainwell going into the draft season because um, I don't, I've been burned by Rashad Penny enough times that like, I'm like, I, it's, it's just, it's just going to happen again. And then really in my mind, the only, you know, sort of real threat was DeAndre Swift, but the team really wasn't throwing a lot of confidence at DeAndre Swift all off season. So to me, it just screamed like, Hey, give me the cheapest value come draft day. And the cheapest value come draft day was kind of game. Well, now that week one is over Rashad Penny was a healthy scratch and DeAndre Swift was, you know, an afterthought. I think Kenny Gamewell is going to be, 
you know, the primary back in this committee. And again, you're in a good offense. You're in the same situation as kind of Gus Edwards. You're, you might get vultured touchdown wise if you're in the red zone by Jalen Hurts. But again, I'll take these chances on these players that are in these really high powered, prolific offenses. And so, um, Kenneth Gainwell, another guy, absolutely. If he's out in your waiver wire, you can scoop him up, plug him in your lineup tomorrow and, you know, and, and get points and be fine. And so at the running back position, sometimes that's just what you need. The, you know, not everyone's going to be CMC. Not everyone's going to be B. John Robinson and have this massive ceiling. Sometimes you just need guys who can get me 18, 20 points, and then I'll get upside with my Tyree kills or my Jamar chases, or mm-hmm. I'll get my upside in other places. And so, right. I, I think that's a, I think Kenneth Gamewell, yeah, for sure. If he was, um, you know, if he, he was, was under 40%, yeah. yeah, if he was under 40%, he'd be on the list for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's, he's the, the main guy there, I think, in, in Philly there. He's been there the longest. He knows the system well. Again, I understand. He can pass, catch, he can run. Exactly. They they love him. They they love him. And they used him in the important situations, which which is very interesting. And that's the key point. Red zone, passing down work. And that's what we want to see Kenneth Gainwell. He saw 14 carries. He saw four targets. That's enough for me to trust him spending half my budget on Kenny Gainwell because this is going to be a good offense. And, well, maybe DeAndre Swift sees a little bit more work. They don't owe him anything. They traded a fourth-round pick for him. You know, they, they don't owe him anything. Yeah, we'd love to see him on the field. But if they want their guy, Kenny Gainwell, and they trust him to be the main guy, they, they're going to use him. So I, I've chosen him over all these guys above here. So, Yeah. The other so. thing, too, you have to think about sometimes is the position of the franchise. The Eagles aren't really in a position to develop DeAndre Swift. They're like, no, we're trying to win now. Like, we don't have time to, like, bring – if you don't get the system, you don't understand what you need to do, we have other guys that can do it. And I, and I think Kenneth Gainwell is that guy right now. Maybe right. DeAndre Swift figures it out, but – for now, it's Kenneth Gamewell. Yes, absolutely. All uh, right. Uh, so, like I said, I had Gus Edwards as three of myself here. Uh, you have Roshan Johnson at your three. I have Roshan at two for me. Yep. Uh, I guess since I'm the high guy, I'll kind of talk about him overall. You know, it was people saying, well, you know, he had a good week. He really did have a good week. And then people said, well, he got a garbage time touchdown. Yeah, he did get a garbage time touchdown. But he saw the work that I wanted to see out of him because I don't think anyone owns this backfield. I don't think you take – clear Herbert off the field, even though you're losing in games. It's not like he is an essential piece to an offense. He's not a, an elite running back. That's like, Oh, we don't want to get this guy hurt. You have other guys that can perform almost to his same level. And Roshan Johnson's like that. The fact that he sees saw, saw six targets in a game where everyone was basically healthy on the field. I kind of want to get involved in that now. Why I can, you know, you might have to wait a few more weeks before his role finally comes, but he had a good game in week one. So the fact that they could do this again in week two, week three, very possible. Uh, so I want Roshan Johnson out there. You know, I, I like him a lot. He's someone I'm willing to spend. Like, again, these are all 20, 20, 25% bad players so he, I want here. I didn't even consider him over Williams. I only have him ahead of Williams because I think Williams will see more week, more RB1 options in that in the Rams offense than Johnson will early on. But at some point, Johnson's going to see work in this offense, and he's going to be heavily involved. So that's why I have him sitting at my two. And I think there's more upside with him than taking, like, Gus Edwards or Justice Hill that we'll talk about in a few seconds. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I would agree. I like Roshan Johnson. I mean, we, we talked about him in the draft process as one of those guys who will, uh, his role will increase as the season goes on. So to see him get a good role week one is promising. It's awesome. Because in my opinion, if you were drafting Roshan Johnson, you weren't really planning on having a major asset until week four. So yeah. a little set early. So if he's on your waiver wire, absolutely grab him. Um, I wouldn't be, 
jamming him into my lineup yet. No, I might no, want to no. see. I might want to see one more week, but for sure, like he's a rookie, he's in a good offense, and um, you know, I think his his draft stock kind of plummeted because he was behind Bijan, and so he didn't really get much sort of you know public hype or or you know tv time whatever you want to call it so right right. um but he's he's a good back good solid back and yeah it was a garbage time touchdown but he still got in the end zone so they count for fantasy points regardless i don't care (laughs) so i i like (laughs) i I like roshan Uh, so we both have justin tell as our fourth guy real quick um again we kind of already briefly touched on him Uh, i don't think there's much left to say that you know he's the next guy in line if gus edwards gets hurt uh you know you, you mentioned john that he's kind of got some more electric while, you know, Edwards has more of the pound to his game there. Uh, the thing that he saw multiple uh, goal line and red zone opportunities, to me, it's worth picking up. I don't think it's the higher, as high as the three guys above. You know, I'm spending maybe five of my percent of my budget to get this guy on my bench to see if maybe he ends up being the guy. But I'm not overly spending, especially with Melvin Gordon joining the team. I don't know if mm-hmm. you're feeling differently on that. Um, no, the Melvin Gordon thing, I think is just a depth. I don't, I don't know right, if they're bringing right. Melvin Gordon. Like it, you know, it, he's a reliable like I, old veteran that might. Yeah, be yeah, exactly. But I heard some people on Twitter today talking about like the Melvin Gordon getting called up that it's like, you know, kind of putting some water on the Gus Edwards fire. And I was like, I don't think so. I think they just need bodies because it's like, God forbid something else happens. Right. And, and so to justice, to my point on justice Hill, I think justice Hill is good. He'll have, um, his opportunities, he certainly, you know, we, clearly he did this game. Um, I just think that he he is who he is as a player. He's never going to just develop into this between the tackles, like 15 carries, five, six targets. Like it, Justice Hill is like good change of pace, you know, get a, get a breather for Gus, get a breather for, you know, maybe throw a splash play in there every once in a while. So right. um, I like him, but I wouldn't go crazy on my budget. And then – you know, we'll see again. And then in regards to, you know, what is, what do they look like? It's tough, right? When, when you lose a player mid game, you have to sort of adjust on the fly. Now that the, now that the Ravens have a whole week to plan and game plan without JK Dobbins, like, I want to see what the snap snap share looks like. I mean, maybe it is 50, maybe it is 50, 50. Like, I, I I don't know. I I think it'll, I think it'll be probably heavy in Gus Edwards favor, but if next week they come out and it's 50, 50 or, 60 40 justice hill it's like well, we got to change our opinion but uh, i don't know if that's i, I still think justice is probably a 30 percent snap guy he's just not not huge. right yeah again I'm, I'm not spending fab on him too much i'll let someone else take that shot so uh you have sean tucker as your fifth guy final guy here john uh quickly just give a uh, why um I, I like again we i like sean tucker pre-draft um pre like nfl draft we when we right. did our scouting we did our prospects uh, I, I liked him as a runner i thought he was good medical reasons he dropped way down in the nfl draft um but i think he's a good back has good vision strong um and has a role clearly and and i don't know if rashad white has a stranglehold over this backfield the way we think he did or the way you know we all drafted him the way he did so I, I think sean tucker again another rookie who's getting his feet under him and come week three week four could start getting more work and more roles and and if he's a free ad like i said why well, i say free ad because he won't cost nearly as much fab as the rest of these guys and right. by week three he's putting up the same fantasy points as a gus edwards it's like i wouldn't be super shocked like i'd be like oh okay you know it happened 
Um, so I'm, I'm totally okay with, you know, throwing a couple bucks at Sean Tucker, stashing him on the bench and just waiting and seeing. I like it. All right. Uh, I went with Joshua, Joshua Kelly here. Um, to me, it's more like I want to put him on my team and see what happens in week two to see mm-hmm. how involved he is. Cause you know, they, they had a ton of, ton of plays in week one. I, I want to see if that is something that is a normal thing that's coming to his way, or if it's like, ah, oh, that was a one-time thing. He's going to have two carries next week here, but he had 16 carries in this game yeah. and ran the ball really well. Obviously the Miami Dolphins defense is going to be a fun one to play for running backs this year. It seems like, but he saw a lot of involvement in this game, especially in the second half. Again, second half of games, you know, it's definitely not as what you want as first half, but uh, Kelly is definitely worth a couple dollar ad to see if maybe he pans out to be something more than just a, we all thought possibly just a backup for the team. So uh, definitely willing to add a couple other options that you could definitely add if you want to. Tajay Spears, he outsnapped Derrick Henry in this game here. Again, I don't, I don't mind overblowing on that, but it is definitely something to take notice. Uh, Jerome Ford had a ton of carries in this game, even though they, the, you know, the Browns were way ahead in this game. You can still pick up Ty Chandler, Rico Dwellings. Uh, and Chuba Hubbard is definitely interesting. He was on all the third. He played all the third down snaps in the offense this past week here. Um, so he's definitely someone to monitor if he's going to see somewhat of a passing down work in this offense, even though that Miles Sanders had four targets. But Chuba Hubbard did have all the third down work. So that was definitely interesting to see. But there's a lot of good options here at running back. Someone that I don't think any of these turn into RB1s unless you're maybe like maybe Kenneth Gainwell. But again, most of these guys are mid to low RB twos that again, will produce for you all season, hopefully all season long. So, all right, over the wide receivers, John, uh, we both, I don't know if this is what your ranking yeah. is. All right. All right. Good. Yeah, so, the only one is uh, Nick Westbrook and Kine. I would probably drop to the bottom and then slide everyone else up. Other than gotcha, that. Right. Yeah, then we'll talk about like that. All right. So the higher guys, Jacoby Myers, Nico Collins, both guys over the 40% mark. Definitely should be added to your teams. Again, Myers, I don't know what's going on with him, if he's even going to be available. I would would still add him. I would still still add him. him. Even if he's he's concussion, it's a week or two. I would still add him. And Nico Collins played very well, uh, surprisingly, Mm -hmm. in this matchup. So I wanted to see him ball out, and he balled out enough for me. All right, so we'll start with the top here. Uh, Puka, Anuka, and Van Jefferson. John, I'll let you go first quickly on them. Uh, Again, I didn't put Van Jefferson in my top list here, but uh, you can talk about both. So. Yeah, so I I mean, obviously, Puka had the big game. Like, we all know it's great when a rookie goes out and eclipses 100 yards in his first game. So uh, he seems legit. There was – camp hype was big on him. He looks awesome. So uh, I think he's clearly a, a must-add and probably play going forward. Van Jefferson is another one I just want to mention. I, I think he's an ad. I, I have a feeling people will – like we talked about at the beginning of the show, people Drop will him. sort of <laughs> quick react to dropping him and getting rid of him. And it's like, I don't know if that's the play. I think the ball just happened to go, you know, Puka and some other ways. I, Van Jefferson is still a good wide receiver. He still saw a ton of snaps, still ran a ton of routes. And so I, I I'm not giving up on Van Jefferson quite yet. Um, but, and either one of those two guys, if they're out on your waiver wire with, with Cooper cup, you know, on IR, older, you know, might be slow to return after IR, risk of re-injury is high, all of that, right? Like, give me these two young, fairly explosive players. And so um, I'm totally okay. I'm totally okay, you know, spending a bag on both of these guys. Right. No, Puka Nuka was definitely someone that I loved late in May, 
and late in rookie drafts here. And then I wanted to so badly draft him in a lot of my redraft leagues. Again, it just didn't fall like that with the, with the amount of spots I had available. But in some of the leagues where I had maybe an extra bench spot, I, I threw him on there. And, and it's going to it's worked out great. Didn't start him, though, but it worked out fantastic <laughs> for us in week one. Start him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I thought about I, I think I started him in one or two leagues. But uh, uh, overall, I mean, he, he should be picked up. He is in that Cooper Cup role. Obviously, for the time being, we don't know how long Cooper Cup will actually be out for. But you can damn well show that he's going to be out at least three more weeks. Uh, that's for sure. So maybe even five. I don't know how long that whole thing. And then you never know. Like John said, injuries recurring, you know, s- slow start for him. Hoopa Nupa should definitely be a, a priority pickup here. Someone that I'm willing to spend 30% of my budget on, maybe 40, honestly, to get on my team because he is someone that can help you out over the next three weeks and, and potentially even longer throughout the season here, to be honest. So uh, very high on picking him up. Uh, I'll go with my number two here. Uh, next here, uh, Romeo Dobbs. He's under that 40% mark still pretty high. He might not be as available, but he should definitely be picked up in pretty much all your leagues at this point here. I mean, on a, on a snapshot, on a snap count, on a limited snap count, put up two touchdowns still. Uh, again, I don't know how long Christian Watson will be out for. It might've been just a one week thing. We'll wait to see, but I mentioned it in the last show, uh, that Romeo Dobbs or the show before that, that Romeo Dobbs, you know, was building chemistry with Jordan Love. Well, we saw it on the field here. Uh, they built that chemistry, and especially in the red zone, they found each other pretty good. And uh, Romeo Dobbs should be picked up on at least on benches uh, following this week one performance. So uh, I like him a lot. John, you have Rishi Rice as your number two guy. Tell us why. Um, Rishi Rice, um, SMU product, Kansas City. I think, look, was not a great game for Kansas City's wide receivers. It really wasn't. Um, but there was a small, small bright spot, and it was Rashid Rice. I mean, he ran, he ran seven routes, had five tar- had, had sorry, seven routes, got five targets on seven routes, and and got a touchdown. So he's barely out there, but every time he's out there, he's getting targeted and he's getting involved. And so to me, that screams, okay, this is a rookie who we just don't trust to do the rest of the game yet but he'll develop there because they clearly trust him to be a wide receiver. They use him in the red zone. He found a soft spot in the coverage and Patrick Mahomes just handed him a touchdown. So that's going to happen with, with this, with this team. And so um, I don't think, you know, I'm not giving up on sky more completely, but I mean, I can't imagine Kadarius Tony's going to have much more of a role in that offense. I can't imagine they're going to really force feed sky more. And so going forward, you know, with, Travis Kelsey coming back and and as the season progresses, Rashi Rice could just get more and more snaps, more and more targets. And he could be the one that come week four, week five, we're like, oh, that's the wide receiver you want to have. And again, I I try to find rookies who are getting targets early in their career because it will develop into a bigger role. It just will. And so first game in, in, in your NFL career, you have a touchdown from Patrick Mahomes and you're getting five targets. It's like, all right, the, I think that the runway is clear for him to have a bigger role over the next couple of weeks. And so I loved him and I loved him as a prospect. And so it's nice to see when, uh, you know, the college production and things like that, and it just starts to click and work out because a lot of times it doesn't, you know, you have a lot of Nikhil Harry's in the, of the world. And so <laughs> Rashi right, Rice right. goes out there and, or, or Corey Davis, I don't know, like pick another, right? Like, Right, right, smaller right, yeah. school, smaller school, one year wonder kind of guy. It's like 
sometimes these these athletes really can develop and become great pros and sometimes they kind of don't and so i think rashi rice is the next experiment in that and so far after one week i'm 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 excited so i i would i would be comfortable putting some fab in on him all right i like it um we both have uh alan robinson as our third guy uh you know talk about why you like picking up robinson so Alan Robinson, um, oh boy, this could this one could bite me in the ass to even bring up. But uh, I think Alan Robinson had a horrific season last year, horrific. And so, do I think that Alan Robinson is as bad as he was last year? No, I don't think he's that bad. Do I think he's as good as he was back when he was with the Jaguars or you know Bears? No, not even close. But he is now if. All of a sudden, Deontay Johnson misses a couple weeks with a hamstring injury or he's hampered with his hamstring injury for the rest of the season or for the next couple weeks. I mean, he could see targets. He could see just like volume. And and um, I think with Pickens drawing attention, Deontay Johnson drawing attention, Najee Harris, you know, needing his respect by the linebackers. There could be a lot of one-on-one matchups that Allen Robinson is still a crafty veteran pro and he could take advantage of. And so I don't think Allen Robinson's going to light the world on fire. I don't think Allen Robinson's really going to have monster games for you, but I do think Allen Robinson is like, I would rather have Allen Robinson over Kadarius Tony. You know what I'm saying? Like these are like the kind of, so you have to start making some of these decisions, you know, another one um, Rashad Penny, like Rashad Penny was a healthy scratch week one. Like, you know, why are we, you, you got to make decisions at some point on some of these guys and be like, all right, I can't, it's just dead weight. And I think if you wait on Allen Robinson, there'll be a week where he has a touchdown and something, and then he's going to become a crazy hot waiver wire ad. Whereas if you throw two bucks at him now, you might be able to get him on your roster for nothing. And then in yeah. two weeks when everyone's clamoring for him because <laughs> Deontay Johnson missed time and Allen Robinson has a touchdown, everyone's going to be scrambling in their waiver wire and you'll already have him. So hopefully in a few weeks that Deontay Johnson will be back at that point. So, hopefully for the Steelers, uh, man. That would, that is, would suck. is Rashad Penny the new Trey Sherman? I think is no. I think, Rashad Penny had at least a good year under his belt. Trey yeah, Sherman. Didn't he, even actually, have that. he actually had a 10 carry game in the NFL. So <laughs> I don't know, Kyle, but I like it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I had him as my third guy too. You know, what you, you saw out of him, he played a lot in the slots, uh, the slot where Deontay Johnson plays a lot. I thought Calvin Austin would see that role. He should see that role potentially. I don't, we'll have to see moving forward, but Alan Robinson controlled a lot of the sna- slot snaps uh, in week one. Uh, Austin, as an, uh, Calvin Austin could be also another pickup that we'll talk about in a second here. Uh, but Alan Robinson looked good. He had eight targets. He led the team in targets. Uh, I want to take another opportunity to buy, to get on him, on, get him on my team for a really low. I mean, you put a couple of dollars down on him and again if you don't get him you don't get him i i just don't i don't think he's going to be a word beater world beater but he's worth putting on your team to see if maybe you have a flex option potential with him uh for your team here so and he's all available everywhere so you should be have no issue trying to go <laughs> get him right now on your team and everyone's going after puka probably and some of these other top guys i think alan robinson could fall under the radar and you could pick him up for cheap so yep um yeah. my fourth guy here is uh rashad rashid I know I'm saying his name slightly wrong, but I apologize to him. Yeah, uh, the third wide receiver for the Saints, yes. Uh, he looked good. You know, mm-hmm. uh, as a third guy on the field, you know, he had caught a touchdown in this game here. He had uh, he had six targets in this game. Really good game overall with him. And he's definitely someone that should be picked up. I know it's hard to want to start the third receiver or have the third receiver on your team for the Saints. You're not starting him. You're picking on your team because we know what Michael Thomas happens to him. I hope he doesn't. Michael Thomas looked good. Good for him. 
but he looked good last year at this time as well after week one. Rashad Rashid is the real deal. I think he can be, and he's definitely someone I'm willing to stash on my team now and put a little money down to see if he can pan out and have maybe standalone value. And if not, God forbid something happens to Michael Thomas. Shahid is going to step up as that wide receiver too really quickly on that team there, and I think he could thrive in it. So uh, he is my fourth wide receiver to pick up this week. Uh, John, you have, you know, Josh Reynolds as your fourth quickly, just quickly say why you like Josh Reynolds. Um, so Josh Reynolds is one that, and I think this is just going to be a usage thing. Um, the Lions clearly like to take deep shots. Um, and Josh Reynolds until, um, what's his name? Why can't I think of it? Um, suspended. Uh, uh Jameson Williams. Jameson Williams. Until Jameson Williams comes back, it looks like Josh Reynolds is going to be that guy. So, um, you know, you're going to give me four or five deep shots a game with Josh Reynolds. Like I'll take it, you know? So these are just, again, big splash, you know, kind of plays. Uh, he's, I, I think he is right now the number two target. Um, I mean, Laporta is, looks like he's coming on something mm-hmm. serious, but uh, Josh Reynolds could be the number two target for a Lions offense. That was pretty good last year. And so, I think for the time being, for a couple weeks, you need someone again, throw a couple bucks. You might be able to get them relatively cheap on your roster. And, and until Jamison Williams come back, I think you have a viable flex option. So yeah, I, I like, I like, I like Josh. Yeah, I do too. Obviously I have him as my fifth guy. He's definitely worth a pickup. Uh, Cause I think you can flex him uh, again. His upside is, you know, week to week, but uh, you know, he's going to have a couple game limit, obviously when Jameson Williams comes back, but I think he could put up some decent numbers for you. I mean, we saw this past week here, the Seattle cannot stop anyone. <laughs> so they play Seattle and we to the Lions. So he's definitely worth a pickup and could actually end up being a sleeper flex play for you. in in, in week two, um, and John, your last one, Nick Westbrook at Keen, uh, do you want to mention him quickly? Yeah. So it's funny. I was between him and Calvin Austin as my last guy and I didn't want to have two Steelers on the list. And so I put Nick Westbrook Gimme on there um, because after the Steelers got absolutely demolished, I felt like it would be weird to have two as like waiver wire must ads. I respect um, but uh, yeah, but Nick Westbrook Akine, um, anyone who doesn't know wide receiver for the Titans um, got seven targets, uh, look to be operating kind of as the number two opposite uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think that, you know, the Titans are going to be a big pass heavy team, a big, you know, anything like that. But again, I think he's another free ad that nobody thought, saw coming or even predicted getting targets. And he looks to be the number two in this offense. So I'll add him and see what happens for another week or two. And if he keeps getting, you know, six, seven targets a week, then then we're in business. I like it. I like it. Um, again, some other players that you might not have, we might not have mentioned in detail, but Zay Jones, obviously he looks like the number two on the outside, seeing a lot of work and, you know, 12 personnel uh, in the offense there. Tutu Atwell had a really good game overall. I'd love to see what Pete continues to show that. Uh, Jaden Reed had some opportunity on that Packers game there, but Christian Watson could be back. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, big, big game out of him uh, for the mm-hmm. Patriots. But again, we've seen Kendrick Bourne have two touchdown games from time to time. I, want to see it again before it becomes consistent bob woods you know five catches 56 yards you know decent outing for him again maybe if you're desperate for a bye week but and we're not there yet but definitely someone to mention and then calvin austin obviously i kind of mentioned john mentioned too this a uh, potential maybe a one or two week guy that you could maybe have on your team so all right and last but not least the tight ends john i'll let you go with your first one first you have kate Auden. why kate yep. Auden? 
Um, again, this is just another one that I I think I, I went deep on tight ends. I, like, I, I don't know why I went so bottom of the barrel, but I, I picked Kate Otten um, because I do. I, I am kind of, you know, I liked what I saw from Tampa Bay. I liked what I saw from um, Baker Mayfield in that offense. And, you know, Kate Otten, I know it was different quarterback. You had Tom Brady, but towards the end of the season last season, he was coming on um, a little strong and younger tight ends take a little bit while to develop. So you're in year two now. I think if he's going to see again, just steady four or five targets a week, it's like, okay, I'll take that. Now the floor is there for him. It's not as big of a high ceiling, but sometimes with tight end, you know, you got to pick and choose your battles. Sometimes at tight end, you just got to take consistent points and then look for upside in other areas because we all know tight ends just don't have, unless you're Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, like you don't have massive, massive upside at the tight end world. So sometimes it's like, I'll, I'll use my tight end slot as like, that's my floor guy. And it looks like Kate Otten is going to be, you know, a couple targets, few targets a game, you know, maybe get you 50 yards and you hope he gets a score and then you have a great game. But I think he's worth, he's worth at least, monitoring if you're um kind of dealing with like that chiga conquo level guy it's like it's not bad <laughs> back yeah. Up. yeah it's like not bad i'll take kate Otten, and throw him on the bench just to scare the life into my my starter a little yes yes kyle is right though i just saw that uh logan thomas i forgot to put him onto the yep. other choices he definitely yep. had a pretty solid outing in week one so i apologize logan thomas I, again, I always can seem to mention, forget to mention the higher percentage players here. Uh, mm-hmm. Juwan Johnson, Chico Clonqua, Sam Laporta, all should be priority pickups over everyone here. Uh, obviously, you know why. I, I still believe Juwan Johnson will yep. have better days. Chig will have better days. And Sam Laporta looked amazing, amazing. Uh, in, in his match. Again, didn't have a big production stats, but five targets for a rookie. I'd like to see more as we go on. And at least in my first rookie here, Luke Musgrave, uh, led, the, led tight ends and air yards on Sunday. Uh, again, he almost had a touchdown. If he didn't fall down on the ground, he almost had himself a touchdown. He would have had himself a really big day. Uh, again, everyone's saying, well, no, no Christian Watson, but I'm not concerned about Christian Watson being on the field, taking away from Luke Musgrave. If anything, it's going to help him out in the long run. And if you're streaming tight ends and there was a tight end you didn't like uh, overall this past week, you have, you know, maybe you just didn't like the performance from them. Give me Luke Musgrave. Honestly, I, I think their potential for him there have a good rookie year. Someone that no one's talking about him on the rookies because Everyone's worried about the Sam Laportas and the Don Kincaid. Luke Musgrave could have a really, really good season here. So he, that's why he's my number one tight end pickup this week. I absolutely uh, John, love that. I love Luke Musgrave you. as a pickup. Yes. You have Hayden Hurst. Uh, our friend Kyle also said that's one of his favorites. Uh, so tell us why Hayden Hurst. Ah, there you go, Kyle. Um, Hayden Hurst. So I think we were really kind of – we were all trying to play the roulette wheel of – you know, which pass catcher is going to become Bryce Young's favorite target, right? Like everyone wants, you know, you take the upside of Jonathan Mingo. Do you take the veteran sort of presence of, um, you know, a DJ Chark or, a, or Adam Thielen? It's like, listen, I, I think it might be Hayden Hurst. I think it might be Hayden Hurst <laughs> for, at least, for at least a little while. Like, again, veteran guy, pretty sure-handed, can run decent routes for a tight end, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say Hayden Hurst is like this world beater, but, you know, if he's going to get, again, six, seven targets a game, get looks in the red zone, like all this stuff, it's like, yeah, it's great. I'll take that. I'll take a consistent week in, week out, 
not he's not going to goose me like it's I'll take that. So I think Hayden Hurst is going to develop. And and if you believe in Bryce Young and I, and I do, I saw a lot of good things out of Bryce Young the other day as they sort of roll out more in the playbook, as they he gets more comfortable, uh, as the offense sort of clicks a little bit better. I think Hayden Hurst just could be a beneficiary and just kind of ride with the tide and, um, you know, see some touchdowns clearly. Uh, he had a nice one the other day. So an idiot for just tossing that ball up into the stands. Um, but but he had a touchdown. So I don't know. Maybe Bryce will be mad at him for throwing away his first NFL career ball. Maybe he won't throw it to him anymore. But that other than that, I think Hayden Hurst is a fine pickup and start kind of going forward. I like it. All right. Uh, my number two, again, a guy I've been talking about all season, Jake Ferguson. Uh, didn't have the greatest game, unfortunately. A couple drops, unfortunately. But he had seven targets. And I told you, Dak Prescott loves his tight ends. And it was a really big rain game last night in New York. Uh, you know, ball slip, it happens. But he had five targets in the red zone. I keep telling people, Jake Ferguson, he might not see the in the, between the 20 targets, but he's going to see the red zone targets in this offense here. And he saw a lot in week one. And again, if he had just clicked on a couple of them, he would have had himself a really good fantasy day overall. So... Uh, he's someone I'm still trying to pick up uh, and, and put on my team if I can, because I think there's still big weeks ahead from him. Just, just let the rain go away. So, uh, And a few others here. Obviously, Zach Chris had himself a pretty decent day. Hunter Henry had himself a really good day. Again, I don't know if Mark Andrews had another week, but maybe Isaiah likely gets another shot and maybe can perform this time. And Adam Trauma had five catches for 50 yards. Um, and Greg Dulcich is banged up. I forgot to put that in the notes, but he was banged up in that game here. He might be interesting as a tight end, finally getting his opportunity to shine after his like fourth season in the league. So, uh, but that is uh, that's going to wrap up our waiver wire show today, guys. A uh, ton of fun talking waivers with you guys today. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed this, and hopefully, will be beneficial for you. Obviously, the Jets and Bills are playing tonight. We'll find out uh, again. I don't really think there's anyone in that matchup that's like, oh, you got to go pick up for waivers. Dalton Kincaid's pretty high up there. Uh, I, don't, I just don't think there's anyone else that, I mean, unless Alan Lazard, maybe like, balls. Out, I don't know where his is. His ownership is off the bat, but maybe he balls out or something like that. Maybe Tyler Conklin for tight ends. If him and uh, Rogers has himself a pretty good combination starting there. Uh, but that, yeah, that's, that's going to wrap a show up. John, is anything you want to say overall? No, this was awesome. I think um, this was a great week for football. Um, keep an eye out. There were some rookies again, this, this curse of rookie tight ends uh, not being able to be like super helpful for fantasy. There was a few that go back and watch Sam Laporta, go back and watch Luke Musgrave, go back and watch it. They had some big, big, I I can't get over Sam Laporta's game. It really, he looked like he was a pro, like he made his pro pro. catches. He looked legit. He looked legit. So, um, I, I think there's going to be some, I'm, I'm excited to see Dalton Kincaid tonight. Yeah, man. It's just fun to have be back in the big swing of football. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. And again, we'll be back on Thursday guys. To talk about starting sits. So we're going to change the format up a little bit. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Obviously please continue to subscribe to our YouTube channel. The fantasy coaches would really appreciate it. Uh, we do a lot of lo- visual things on our live shows here, uh, that you don't get to see if you're just listening, whether it's on Spotify or Apple podcasts. Um, again, you want to try pretty faces. Yeah, exactly. Our pretty faces too. Um, (laughs) Again, if you want to chat with us, uh, there's two ways to do that. Hit up our discord, you know, uh, just hit up, hit us up for a link. We'll give you guys an invite to it. I'd love to get more people in there and start talking fantasy, talking trades, talking starting sits, talking league invites. 
uh, whatever. And if not, follow us over on Twitter or whatever you want to call it now, X, uh, Coaches Fantasy, and we'll be here to help you guys out all offseason. Uh, all season, not all season, God. All season uh, to help you guys win some championships. So uh, thank you guys all for listening. Tune in until next time, guys. And have a The back is not far fetched. We got a couple of clock cans. I've been feeling super duper. How the heck they know the future? Come with me, don't be a loser. Grass is green like pooper scoopers. Clueless analysts don't do the half of this. In fact, I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act interacting. Shh, like boom, running like zoom. The highest and mighty has entered the room. High off the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes. All players cover this nuts as legumes. Opponents are doomed, and these are the facts. I keep it 100. Like I'm running track Listen up Jack I'ma head back Back to the blowing up Blowing up Blowing up Go